Chapter Eight, Part One of A Problem in Modern Ethics by John Addington Simons. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter Eight, Literature, Idealistic, Part One. To speak of Walt Whitman at all, in connection with Ulrichs and sexual inversion, seems paradoxical. At the outset it must be definitely stated that he has nothing to do with anomalous, abnormal, vicious or diseased forms of the emotion which males entertain for males yet no man in the modern world has expressed so strong a conviction that manly attachment athletic love the high towering love of comrades is a main factor in human life a virtue upon which society will have to rest and a passion equal in its permanence and intensity to sexual affection he assumes without raising the question that the love of man for man coexists with the love of man for woman in one and the same individual the relation of the two modes of feeling is clearly stated in this poem fast anchored eternal o love a woman i love o bride a wife more resistless than i can tell the thought of you then separate as disembodied or another born ethereal the last athletic reality my consolation i ascend i float in the regions of your love o oh man o oh sharer of my roving life neuropathical earnings are not hinted at in any passage of his works as his friend and commentator mr burroughs puts it the sentiment is primitive athletic taking form in all manner of large and homely out-of-door images and springs as any one may see directly from the heart and experience of the poet this being so whitman never suggests that comradeship may occasion the development of physical desires but then he does not in set terms condemn these desires or warn his disciples against them to a western boy he says if you be not silently selected by lovers and do not silently seek lovers of what use is it that you seek to become elev of mine like plato in the phaedrus whitman describes an enthusiastic type of masculine emotion leaving its private details to the moral sense and special inclination of the person concerned the language of calamus that section of leaves of grass which is devoted to the gospel of comradeship has a passionate glow a warmth of emotional tone beyond anything to which the modern world is used in the celebration of the love of friends it recalls to our mind the early greek enthusiasm that fellowship in arms which flourished among dorian tribes and made a chivalry for prehistoric hellas 
nor does the poet himself appear to be unconscious that there are dangers and difficulties involved in the highly pitched emotions he is praising the whole tenor of two mysterious compositions entitled whoever you are holding me now in hand and trickle drops suggests an underlying sense of spiritual conflict the following poem again is sufficiently significant and typical to call for literal transcription earth my likeness though you look so impressive ample and spheric here i now suspect that is not all i now suspect there is something fierce in you eligible to burst forth for an athletic is enamoured of me and i of him but toward him there is something fierce and terrible in me eligible to burst forth i dare not tell it in words not even in these songs the reality of whitman's feeling the intense delight which he derives from the personal presence and physical contact of a beloved man find expression in a glimpse recorders ages hence when i heard at the close of day i saw in louisiana a live oak growing long i thought that knowledge alone would content me o tan-faced prairie boy and vigil strange i kept on the field one night it is clear then that in his treatment of comradeship or the impassioned love of man for man whitman has struck a keynote to the emotional intensity of which the modern world is unaccustomed it therefore becomes of much importance to discover the poet prophet's stimmung his radical instinct with regard to the moral quality of feeling he encourages studying his works by their own light and by the light of their author's character interpreting each part by reference to the whole and in the spirit of the whole an impartial critic will i think be drawn to the conclusion that what he calls the adhesiveness of comradeship is meant to have no interblending with the amativeness of sexual love personally it is undeniable that whitman possesses a specially keen sense of the fine restraint and continence the cleanliness and chastity that are inseparable from the perfectly virile and physically complete nature of healthy manhood still we may predicate the same ground qualities in the early dorians those martial founders of the institution of greek love and it is notorious to students of greek civilization that the lofty sentiment of their chivalry was intertwined with singular anomalies in its historical development to remove all doubt about whitman's own intentions when he composed calamus and promulgated his doctrine of impassioned comradeship i wrote to him frankly posing the questions which perplexed my mind the answer I received, dated Camden, New Jersey, USA, August 19th, 1890, and which he permits me to make use of, 
puts the matter beyond all debate and confirms the conclusions to which i had been led by criticism he writes as follows about the questions on calamus etc they quite daze me leaves of grass is only to be rightly construed by and within its own atmosphere and essential character all its pages and pieces so coming strictly under that the calamus part has ever allowed the possibility of such construction as mentioned is terrible i am fain to hope the pages themselves are not to be even mentioned for such gratuitous and quite at the time undreamed and unwished possibility of morbid inferences which are disavowed by me and seem damnable no one who knows anything about walt whitman will for a moment doubt his candour and sincerity therefore the man who wrote calamus and preached the gospel of comradeship entertains feelings at least as hostile to sexual inversion as any law-abiding humdrum anglo-saxon could desire it is obvious that he has not even taken the phenomena of abnormal instinct into account else he must have foreseen that human nature being what it is we cannot expect to eliminate all sexual alloy from emotions raised to a high pitch of passionate intensity and that permanent elements within the midst of our society will emperil the absolute purity of the ideal he attempts to establish these considerations do not however affect the spiritual nature of that ideal after acknowledging what whitman has omitted to perceive that there are inevitable points of contact between sexual inversion and his doctrine of comradeship the question now remains whether he has not suggested the way whereby abnormal instincts may be moralized and raised to higher value in other words are those instincts provided in calamus with the means of their salvation from the filth and mire of brutal appetite it is difficult to answer this question for the issue involved is nothing less momentous than the possibility of evoking a new chivalrous enthusiasm analogous to that of primitive hellenic society from emotions which are at present classified among the turpitudes of human nature end of chapter eight part one recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey